0: You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Okay, take three on this. Um, first time, I forgot to turn on the uh, connector that has my mic in it. The second time, for some reason, it didn't decide to, to default to it, even though that is the default setting. So yeah, fun times on the podcast studio this evening. Uh, if you're detecting a little bit more annoyance in my breath, it is because of the, such things. So there's some minor Indians news which I had already talked about, but we'll talk about again. One is in the land of well, no crap. Uh, Tito Francona saying Francisco Lindor is not on the block. He's not on the block. On the block implies that you know this is a piece that is going to be moved, has to be moved. We're seeing what's out there. What is what he is is more that teams are calling in an exploratory phase, looking at him um they're curious because he is one of the best players in baseball he plays a premium position he is close to free agency and he's with a team that teams know can't afford him once he hits free agency a team that is known for trading players early before they uh risk losing them for almost nothing so yeah it makes sense the teams would call but i mean did we really need to state oh he's not on the trading block well i mean i think we all knew that now on last week's show. Uh, I talked about there were two teams that are kind of left in the AL. I didn't get to when I was going through teams that would make sense. They could actually go out and trade for Francisco Lindor. One of them being, you know, the Boston Red Sox because they have such a good, I'm kidding. Boston's farm system is like the Indians. All the value is in the lower level, which makes it extremely risky, extremely unlikely to pay off. And before you, you know, get mad about that, I, I discussed last week why I'm not huge on those low level prospects. And I can just bring up a recent one from Boston. Um, uh, Anderson Espinosa, right? Wasn't that the pitcher who they traded to um, Boston, who Boston had maybe lied about him being hurt? Like, for once, it was the other way around. Like, they got a bad sale of goods, unlike when they did, made their deals with um, with the Marlins to get Paddock. But Espinosa was, like, uh, one of the top prospects in all of baseball. Uh, he was this really interesting guy, so much so that, like, they took him straight up for uh, Drew Pomeranz when Pomeranz had a breakout year. And he just since then he's been hurt, or he's been ineffective. I mean, yeah, he was one of the top twenty prospects in baseball at one point, and he has not pitched since twenty sixteen. And that is why I am always going to be like, let's let's wait. And even in that twenty sixteen year, uh, twenty five starts. I'm not going to quote ERA but strikeout rate was only over eight. Like he was not overpowering. The walk rate was almost three. Like none of his stats. He had a high he high hit rate, almost 10 hits per nine. Like his stats weren't didn't match up the hype. And then he got injured and, it, or it's the same thing. It's like Tristan McKenzie. How often have we heard people talk up Tristan McKenzie? Well, you know, cause so much of the value with any of these guys is inherently what you expect they're going to be able to do. Like they have this, 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 but they'll of course do this, this, and this. And McKenzie never added bulk, and now he's dealt with injury issues and lack of velocity. It's the same thing. So, yeah, it's not Boston. Um, we'll talk about the team that was rumored to be connected or at least called in on the Indians. But first, let's talk about the other team, and that's the Tampa Bay Rays. Now, whenever anyone talks about, oh, the Dodgers are the team, they could go out, that's a lie. The, the team that has like the prospects and the depth to go out and trade for Lindor, who is a team that's contending is the Tampa, uh, Tampa Bay Rays not double Rays. It's still hard for me not to say that, as you can tell, but the Rays are a loaded organization with arguably one of the best top heavy, especially, you know, at the top minor leagues and all of baseball. Um, you look at them as a team, if they were to trade for Lindor, they could trade us back as a center. Oh, not us. I hate when people do that. And I just did trade the Indians, uh, Willie Adames, who was about a league average bat, but a plus defender at short, and he's only 24 years old. He's only going to get better, and you have molt, you know a lot of control. Uh, he has tons of value in that way. You could probably get Joey Wendell back to be your utility guy, honestly, because they have so much depth internally. And two years ago, this is a guy who probably was the second best rookie in the American League, and now he's kind of uh, stuck. He's, he's a buried forgotten man uh, with Tampa. And I didn't even mention the fact that you know uh, most places, places, most places consider Wander Franco the top prospect in baseball, um, future star in the making. Brandon McKay is on the has pitched in the majors already as a two way player. Uh, they traded Libertor. Shane Baz was my top prep arm uh, the year he came out. I'm still a big fan of his. And then Vidal Vidal Grunha. I keep wanting to say Brujo, but that's which, Brun Hahn. uh, He's an interesting guy who was up the AA this year. um, 266, 366, 391. And it's more for me, you know, he's almost no power to show of. 24 stolen bases. Um, He's kind of coming together. Always had good runs created values in the minors. But, uh, you know, there's a chance for an offensive profile... With kind of a leadoff type of guy in uh, at second base with him. Now they've already made a few moves when we talk about the uh, the Rays here, and adding Martinez and Rosa Arania just gives them some more nice right-handed depth options. But can you imagine if they added Lindor to that lineup? Imagine if you know you're able to sit there and uh, I mean it's it's a fun line. And Meadows one. Two, Diaz, with the way he performed in the first half. Lindor in your three. Four, Renfro. Uh, five, Brandon Lowe. Six, uh, six and seven being some mix of Tetsugo, Martinez, and G. Monchoy. Uh So that's what? That's six and seven. And then eight, you have Kiermaier. Nine is Zunino. And that's really where one can make the case. If they're going to go and use some of that great, utterly fantastic depth, That that's where they should go is the... Um, the uh, going and adding a catcher. Now, I know they're high on Ronaldo Hernandez. Um, we'll see what happens with him, but he's, he was a guy who played in high A this year. He's not particularly close. And even like, well, you know, you talked. I talked about the big names. I talked about Baz. I talked about Hernandez. Like, I didn't mention Brett Honeywell, who a few years ago was like one of the top three arms in the minors, just has struggled to stay healthy. Um, his stuff is is really good like he could be a number two type of arm uh and we haven't mentioned him Josh Lowe was a former first round pick same year the Indians took Will Benson um now at the time the debate was Lowe versus Jones and uh Lowe ended up going higher they have but Lowe's brother Nate Lowe is showed some stuff last year when given an opportunity at first base and he is just utterly blocked Shane McClanahan is a really interesting lefty Lucius Fox, I mean, Batman references aside, I, I just, Taylor Walls has continued to hit in the minors. I was a big Greg Jones fan who they got a year ago uh, in the draft. And then they just added um, Xavier Edwards, the shortstop. It just keeps going and going. Uh, Nick Schnell, who was a first-round pick this past year out of Indiana, who had some really uh, outrageous power. I, it just, I, I kind of marvel at just the overall they have the stars at the top and then they have the depth and if there is any team at all that could have the firepower to add Lindor it's it's Tampa and they can honestly do it and not give up anyone off their roster now I don't know what you would do with uh, Adama is at that point but I mean, it makes more sense to include him in the deal for both sides, but they're the team that could trade from their minors and, and absorb that, and they're even if they trade just for Lindor, just using pieces in their minors, they would not uh, end up being a bottom five team just because that's how good their minors are and how good that management team has been there in terms of adding talent still unlikely i mean there's a lot of things going on and a lot of reasons why it'd be unlikely for tampa but man if a team wanted to show that they were all in for the next two years and they definitely have the team to compete you know we talked about that lineup and they're more than just a, a bunch of of interesting bats when you look at their rotation of charlie morton who was excellent a year ago blake snell who won the cy young two years ago tyler glass now yanni tirinos Ryan Yarborough, a lot of interesting arms. Like, this is a team that actually has a a really strong rotation. Um, Only one guy is an internal signing. The rest they've gotten through trades. Um, So pretty astutely figuring out guys who are through free agency who are out there that are good values. Uh, They could probably use some pen help. But, you know, some guys like Nick Anderson looked good a year ago. Emilio Pagan, who... Has been up and down for his career, if we're being honest. Diego Castillo. There's a lot of guys who had some strong seasons. I like Jalen Jalen um, Beaks who they got a few years ago. I thought that was a nice ad for them from uh, Boston. But yeah, I mean, Pagan was good for them. But you go back to he was good for the with the Mariners. Who then traded him to the Athletics, and that deal for what like Ryan Healy, maybe the first baseman. I feel like I wrote up that trade, and he was kind of mediocre there. And that's why he ended up with the Rays. So we'll see if he can maintain it. He's really been unable to maintain his value for more than a year. So it's, it's going to be interesting to watch Pagan because he's in a very important role for that team. But the uh, the actual information wasn't about the Rays. It was about the Toronto Blue Jays, the other team, that they were intrigued by D.D. Gregarius, They made some calls on Lindor. Um, I kind of feel like the calls when something along the lines of, you know, what would it be like? And the Indians said, well, we start with Kevin Biggio. And they said, well, thanks, but no thanks. Because Kevin Biggio is one of those guys who never a top prospect. Um, he wasn't. You can go through and look at it. He, he never really was listed as a top not not even like a top five guy often with the blue jays and he is one of those guys that you kind of look at and you can be like he is another one of those infamous guys from the like last 10 years where you could make good money just drafting talent from notre dame because for whatever reason notre dame was awful at player development and biggio was uh going into his junior year i was so down on him like everyone talked about him as a potential first round pick there's power there's speed there's all this stuff and i'm like he's terrible And he did not have a good year, and that's why he fell to the fifth round, in spite of being Kevin Biggio, having the last name Biggio, and having pretty obvious tools. And uh, he got out of Notre Dame, and everything started to come together, because Notre Dame was just a land for baseball players to die. And it cost him a little bit of money at the time, but he'll make that up, because he was phenomenal last year. Uh, 100 games, 400 plate appearances, nearly 17% walk rate, nearly 29% for the strikeout uh 16 home runs 14 stolen bases if we go over to baseball savant this is where it gets interesting because like his expected batting average is pretty low his expected slugging and his exit velocity numbers are all low his hard hit percentage is actually pretty high though 56 his sprint speed is 81st and his outs above average is 92nd percentile now that's that's the one that really stands out and it's the uh basically it's a it's saying that he's a pretty good defender uh at his position what he played a year ago that's that's what get that's above average is saying is that he's he's actually an elite defender which is interesting because his his fan graphs war his f war is that you know they're well not their f war but their defensive rating for him is negative so According to Baseball Savant, he is, he's an elite defender. And according to fan graphs, he is a poor defender. And that is perfectly encapsulates how it goes with um, defensive uh, rating statistics. There is nothing great. I, I would probably lean more towards the Baseball Savant side of things than any. Because all the other ones have been around for a little bit longer. And they've all kind of been junk. But BGO is just, I mean, he did a little bit of everything a year ago. Um, I could not see them really moving on. And that's where it gets tricky for a team like Toronto, because the top of their minors have graduated. They're in this nice situation to a degree where their top guys have all kind of found some success in the majors. And it's now they need to count on kind of the next few waves. Nate Pearson's the big name. And I saw him last year against an Akron team that was lacking future major league bats. Um, Not the best lineup in Akron. Um, if you saw the team, uh, especially later into the year, and he wasn't overpowering, and that's the weird thing with like a guy who hits like 102, 103, that he's his strikeout rate is, is below ten for the minors. I almost wonder if he, he keeps the ball too much in the zone. Like he has really low walk rates, which should make him like the ideal pitcher to me, but he's just when I've seen him in person, I always come away thinking you don't come away going, That's a guy who's throwing 101. He feels like a guy who's throwing 91, 92, and kind of living, um, I don't want to say living on the edges, but he's he's just not a guy where I sit back and go, oh, that's an overpowering future number one. Uh, Jordan Groshans, I was really high on a few years ago. Everyone else is kind of joining me on that on that bandwagon. I liked Alec Manoa a lot. I think he could be the perfect opener type um, or multi-inning reliever. I don't know if he's necessarily a full-time starter, but he was a first-round pick a year ago. Uh, Simeon Woods Richardson, another pitcher. I thought he was the more interesting pitcher than uh, Anthony Kay. I thought he was the bigger piece in that deal. And I think most people have come around to that. I really liked Adam Kloffenstein, who was a high school teammate of Gorshans out of high school. But uh, he's been a bit up and down. Uh, Toronto is interesting because when you look at them as a team, they would make a lot of sense to go out and chase Starling Marte. Like, there is a deal with the Indians, trade Lindor, get. Uh, Get some pieces, but also get Marte, and the reason for that is they have so much catching depth. Uh, I don't love Reese McGuire. Danny Jansen was supposed to kind of step in and be the guy. He's still an interesting one, and they've got some uh, interesting catching prospects in the minor. I've liked Riley Adams for a while, but I don't know if he's he's not the not an Indians type of catcher. Um, Trying to think who else isn't. I think Gabriel Morena is another catcher. They've got some catchers in their system. So they've got those pieces. And and if you just forgot about Toronto, it's a team that went out and added Huen H- H- Yin Jin Rio. They traded for Chase Anderson, basically took on his contract for nothing. And he was you know, a little bit better in league average. Tanner Rourke has been a solid pitcher for a lot of years. They added him, at Shoemaker. I mean, when he's healthy, he's good. After that, it gets very shaky. Um, you're hoping Pearson... Uh, comes together. But just another guy who's talked about this Toronto team in terms of... I mean, there's a few guys. They're an interesting team to look at because this is more of the buyer beware with some of these prospects. Derek Fisher, who they traded for, who it's not quite come together yet for him, and he'll get an opportunity. But we'll see Teoscar Hernandez, another guy they got from Houston previously, hasn't... came out really strong but just hasn't kept it up. Uh, Anthony Alford, another outfielder. like He was a football player and baseball player, and he was a guy that just this is the problem with getting obsessed with tools. It's the Lewis Brinson, the Monte Harrison. Um, It's why when you look at my big board, you don't see guys like Zach Veen super high. And it's not to say he's not a good prospect. I just, A, have not dove deep into high school kids at this point, to be perfectly honest. So I see someone who's like, if they say athletic outfielder, I immediately kind of move on. Because if the first thing you're telling me is they're a great athlete, then that that's superseding everything else. And, and i want to hear more about the player less about i mean tools are more like icing on the cake for me like if someone can already do everything then their physical tools can help them reach a new level but so many times it's like raw physicality and it's that doesn't work in baseball more often than not you get anthony alford who's really yet to he's got no options left and he's never been good in his chances in the majors and he's struggled in the upper minors and he's nearly 26 or Bubba Starling who finally made it to the majors this year at Kansas City um that that's what you kind of end up with this is the the history of guys like that um occasionally you get a star it does happen uh it's it's not always the other way Matt Kemp would be an example though I do not believe Matt Kemp was a high draft pick but it it can happen so when you you but it's a low percentage it's 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 a low bet it's a low value it's a high payout bet with a low chance of success and those types make me nervous um you could say the angels though have done it exceptionally well when you look at joe adele and brandon marsh we'll have to see how jordan adams works out for them but so far those guys look like really special talents and mike trout is a supreme athlete but it, he that was never the first thing said about him when you uh when he was a prospect or when he he was even a draft prospect so i get you know i get nervous having a diatribe moment sorry but they have those kind of lower level guys uh ken it's gonna be interesting because if they're not great all of a sudden someone like ken giles who i believe is going to be a free agent at the end of the year it becomes you know an interesting trade candidate for them um i mean shun yakamichi who they who i butchered i know who they got from japan could be another guy who could start for them uh be in that grouping former indian thomas panone uh julian merriweather just kind of keep him in the back of your mind i've always thought very highly of of merriweather um since his time in cleveland he's got some stuff that stands out in terms of just like fastball slider i I think he you know i think he works as a reliever long term but if you know they just try a bunch of guys out I, i would think he would get a shot this year Samad Taylor was someone I really liked who went over as kind of a a lesser name prospect. He got up to high A, but he's always had a you know a walk rate over ten percent. It feels like, and he, he's had a little bit of pop, and he you know he just he's performed in the minors. Uh, not a high average guy, so that kind of ends up making him someone who gets uh, overlooked or discounted, but yeah and that's the other thing to point out i mean the the indians and the blue jays make a lot of trades uh donaldson josh smith i feel like i'm forgetting someone else in there those two come to mind especially those back when you had the waiver period those waiver deals where when the indians and the blue jays would hook up for a trade now the blue jays i always give credit for because they always seem to extricate some value they seem to get at least an interesting prospect from the other side when they do these late deals it isn't just about well at least we can save a few bucks if they're going to move on they move on with uh with someone who has some chance at being a success and you know I I, gosh I didn't talk about Griffin Conine who was another guy I liked a few years ago Reggie Pruitt is an interesting uh, athlete type Man, I haven't looked at Demi or Lamy since his draft class which is probably not a good sign in terms of his player development but I did like him quite a bit in that draft class at the time as a toolsy outfielder stop me if you've heard that line before um oh he's at the brewers before i went to the blue jays that's right and just looks like yeah never really came together for him kind of curious to see uh you know what the acquiring path was but yeah it's uh you know the indians the there's just not much to report we will come back on wednesday um Before we go, I'll talk about one more player from my all-free agent team is gone, Matt Wieters, so I'll probably put Russell Martin in as the catcher, but that's not a busy uh, news week, by and large, so we can kind of move on from all of that with Matt Wieters kind of being the biggest name signed. Um, Yeah, not much to talk about beyond that in terms of what we saw over the weekend. It's just kind of a uh, holding tight. We'll see what happens. Oh, Alex Gordon supposed to be going to sign soon with the Royals, but I didn't have him amongst the top outfielders left. He would have been like the replacement guy if someone else signed. So, yeah, that that's about it. We'll uh we'll be back on Wednesday, doing it just 3 days this week. I want to thank everyone for listening, rating and reviewing. We will now that we've kind of gone through the whole league, you know, we can leave off the Yankees and the Red Sox cuz their systems aren't good and you can leave off um Who am I forgetting in that division? Yankees, Red Sox, Rays, Orioles, because the Orioles aren't trading for anyone, um, nor do they really have, unless they want to move Trey Mancini, and I can't see the Indians moving heaven and earth for him. So we will come back the rest of this week, and we're going to start looking at positions, and we're going to talk about who is there, who is in five years going to be there, who is the top prospect, who is a sleeper prospect, and if the starter gets hurt, who is the guy who's going to fill in for an extended period of time. So we're going to go through the entire um infield and then we'll go through in the rotation and kind of do that as a group and that'll be a, a whole show unto of itself but uh, I think it'll be fun and it'll be a good chance to just kind of look at the Indians look at now look at the future thank you for listening as always this has been Jeff Ellis of 24 7 sports you can find me on twitter at Jeff MLB draft I have a new piece dropping this week about the home run kings of college baseball who are the guys who are still coming back this year after having big seasons a year ago names to watch You guys make this show possible. Thank you for all your support. And as always, go Tribe.